Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Chuckle Tech, your guide to all things tech. I'm Hosseini Azam, and let's get started, shall we? So, in today's episode, we'll talk about, of course, we got uh, that uh, Samsung Unpacked event. Uh, we got a couple of new phones uh, from uh, Xiaomi and Honor. We got new GPUs from both AMD and NVIDIA, and of course, we got the tiny topics. So, without further ado, let's start with the phones. We begin this section with the Honor Magic 3, Honor's first phone to ever be uh, produced after leaving Huawei. So let's see if the quality and value of these phones remain, improve or decline with these phones. Uh, they got uh, three versions. We have the Honor Magic 3, the 3 Pro and the Pro Plus. We start with the baseline Magic 3. It has a 6.76-inch uh, OLED 120Hz display. It's powered by the Qualcomm Snapdragon 888. It has a 4600mAh battery. Uh, it has uh, from 128 to, uh, to 256GB of storage, only 8GB of RAM, uh, 3 cameras on the back, a 50MP main camera, a 64MP monochrome camera, and a 30MP ultra-wide camera. That's a pretty big sensor for a monochrome camera. On the front, you have a simple 30 megapixel selfie camera. It comes in four colors, golden hour, blue hour, black and white, and it costs around 900 euros, which is the equivalent of around uh, $1,055. Design-wise, almost uh, looks exactly the same as the Honor 50 I talked about last week, um, except now, with some colors, there is a leather coating on the back. Of course, you get that same circular cutout, uh, just bigger and uh, in the center of the back of the phone. Uh, you got only uh, one lens, uh, I assume to be uh, the 50 megapixel main camera uh, in the middle of the cutout, surrounded by a glossy outline, and surrounding that is the rest of the cameras. Uh, so, uh, now we move on to the Honor Magic 3 Pro, which has a 6.76-inch OLED 120Hz display, it's powered by the Qualcomm Snapdragon 888 Plus. It has, uh, again, a 4600 mAh battery with fast charging up to 66 watts. Uh, it has 256 gigs all the way to 512 gigs of, uh, of storage, uh, 8 to 12 gigs of RAM, four cameras on the back, a 50 megapixel main camera, a 64 megapixel telephoto camera, another 64 megapixel monochrome camera, and a 30 megapixel ultrawide camera. Uh, on the front, you have a 30-megapixel selfie camera and a time-of-flight sensor. Uh, it comes in three colors this time. Uh, golden hour, um, black, and white. Design-wise, it's almost exactly the same as uh, the regular uh, Magic 3, uh, only this time the camera layout uh, and the cutout is slightly different, as they are now closer to each other. Uh, oh, uh, I forgot to mention uh, the price. Uh, the Magic 3 Pro uh, will cost uh, 1100 euros or about um, $1300. And then we move on to the Honor Magic 3 Pro Plus, which has a 6.76 inch OLED 120Hz display. It's powered by, again, the Qualcomm Snapdragon 888 Plus. It has a 4600 mAh battery with fast charging up to 66 watts. 
you only have one storage option, which is 512 gigs of storage and 12 gigs of RAM. You have four cameras on the back, a 50 megapixel main camera, a 64 megapixel telephoto camera, a 64 megapixel monochrome camera, and a 64 megapixel ultrawide camera. On the front, you have a time of flight sensor and a 30 megapixel selfie camera. It comes in uh, two colors, ceramic black and ceramic white, and costs around 1400 euros or uh, $1760. Uh, Design-wise, uh, on the front, uh, you get, of course, low bezels, uh, you get um, a pull uh, cutout that houses the time of flight sensor and the, sel and the selfie camera, but on the back, it's kind of the same. Uh, the cutout isn't uh, exactly circular, it's more of an octagon with rounded corners. Now, these are great phones, but this is just too much. $1,700 for a phone. I mean, I expect that out of a phone that tries something new. For example, the Galaxy Z Fold 3, which I will talk about later. That makes sense. The technology is relatively new. It still needs a lot of development and isn't quite ready uh, to go to the mainstream market. So yeah, you would expect something like that to cost $1,700, maybe $1,800. But for a regular phone with uh, specs that you could find on much, much cheaper phones, that is just too much in my opinion. The Honor Magic 3, the baseline version, is fine. I barely would give it a pass. But the Pro Plus, no. Just no. It is just plain too expensive. You could find uh, other phones with uh, almost equal an equal uh, spec sheet with a much lower cost. So, uh, now that we're done with Honor, let's move over to Xiaomi with their event, uh, where they announced uh, the Xiaomi Mix 4. So, let's see uh, what they have in store. The Xiaomi Mix 4 has a 6.67-inch AMOLED 120Hz display. It's powered by the Qualcomm Snapdragon 888 Plus. It has a 4500mAh battery with fast charging up to 120 watts. Uh, you go from 128 all the way to 512 gigs of UFS 3.1 storage, 8 to 12 gigs of RAM. Three cameras on the back, a 108 megapixel main camera, an 8 megapixel uh, telephoto camera, and a 13 megapixel ultrawide camera. On the front, you have a 20 megapixel selfie camera. Under the display! Yeah, it's one of those phones. Uh, the selfie camera is hidden under the display, so when you're not actually using the selfie camera, it's as if it, it isn't even there. It comes in three colors, uh, ceramic black, ceramic white, and shadow grey and costs around 660 euros, which is the equivalent of 780 dollars. Honestly, that's not bad. Uh, I'm not sure of whether or not the selfie camera is any good. Uh, when it comes to under-display cameras, uh, yeah, that still has a long way to go. Uh, I don't think it will catch up with, you know, regular selfie cameras anytime soon. So yeah, that still has uh, a long time to catch up. But, on paper at least, yeah, this is good for what you get. Snapdragon 888 Plus, um, Gorilla Glass Victus, 120Hz uh, display, a pretty big battery, 
with fast charging up to 120 watts you could uh, full charge this thing in 15 minutes so yeah this is and ended up itself impressive and the fact that it's only $700 that sounds like great value on paper I've never actually tried the phone it may have a lot of issues that I'm not aware of uh, maybe problems in the software maybe it's not comfortable to hold it I don't know I've never tried the phone but from what I have read and spoken to you guys yeah on paper the specs are great uh, and you get great value from it so if you're on the market for a good flagship phone then I recommend uh, the Xiaomi Mix 4 but uh, expect to have a, at the most a mediocre selfie camera but that wasn't the only thing they announced they also announced a dog so yeah, Boston Dynamics isn't the only company in the industry anymore. Uh, apparently, Xiaomi is interested in the robotic dog market. Apparently, a lot of people don't just want a dog. They want a robotic dog that uh, recharges. Uh, dubbed the Cyber Dog, uh, Xiaomi's latest idea consists of uh, you know a robot that kind of looks like a dog. Almost exactly looks like the one... Uh, Boston Dynamic uh, sells a spot just now much 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 cheaper uh, somehow a bit too cheap uh, Xiaomi selling it for only $1600 when Boston Dynamic sells theirs for uh, almost seven uh, 75000 it could be because of the little quantities they're only selling a thousand of them or who knows, maybe Xiaomi was just feeling brave after they hit uh, the number one spot in the smartphone market. So, uh, what is uh, the CyberDog capable of? Uh, well, uh, it weighs 3 kilograms. Uh, it, it can run at uh, over 3 meters per second. It has 6 microphones around it and uh, multiple cameras uh, placed all around uh, the body. Uh, Xiaomi used a special version of the NVIDIA Jetson uh, Xavier uh, NX, uh, which Xiaomi uh, describes as uh, the smallest AI computer in the world. Uh, it has 128 gigabytes of onboard storage. And the most important feature of all, it can do a backflip. Oh yes. Now, is it worth it? Well, as an investment, sure. But... Um, yeah, uh, for the average consumer, I don't see a good use case scenario uh, for the cyber dog. I know that wasn't what uh, Xiaomi originally had planned. Uh, I'm not sure this is supposed to be for the casual market. But for only $1,600, it is a good value. That's all I can say. I've never tried it. But on paper, if you want specifically a robotic dog, and you don't want to spend $75,000, which is understandable. Sure. Okay, with uh, the phones out of the way, let's move over to the biggest uh, highlight of the week. Samsung's unpacked event that happened just this week. Uh, they announced exactly what we would expect. I mean, the, the leaks were so bad that no one was surprised by... Any of the announcements, maybe of the price, I don't know, but yeah, um, I wasn't actually surprised. Uh, the leaks kind of ruined it for me. 
But with all that out of the way, the Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3, the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 3, both are official, both uh, actually exist, and both are going to ship sometime this month. So, uh, let's look at the specs of, uh, first, the Galaxy Z Flip 3. Now, the Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 has a 6.7 inch, 120Hz display, that's on the inside, uh, on the outside you have a much bigger 1.9 inch Super AMOLED cover display. It's powered by the Clothop Snapdragon 888, uh, it has a 3300mAh battery with fast charging up to 25 watts. You can go uh, from 128 to 256GB of UFS 3.1 storage, only 8GB of RAM, 2 cameras on the back, uh, a 12MP main camera and a 12MP ultrawide camera. On the front, you have a 10 megapixel selfie camera. It comes in a couple of colors, actually. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven colors. Phantom black, green, lavender, cream, white, pink, and gray. And all of that starts only at $9.99, making it the cheapest uh, foldable phone out there. Design-wise, uh, on the front, it uh, looks exactly the same as the regular. Uh, Z Flip. Uh, if not, the bezels are just slightly thinner. Uh, on the back, however, there is a, a good change. Uh, to support uh, the bigger cover display, there is now a strip that covers uh, the two cameras and the cover screen. Other than that, uh, you get a much boxier uh, aluminum body, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Now, uh, New additions to the phone. Of course, you got that 120Hz uh, refresh rate on the display, uh, which wasn't on the original one, not even on the 90Hz one. Uh, you also have an IPX7 certification, making it, uh, along with the Z Fold 3, the first foldable smartphones out there to ever uh, be uh, water resistant. It's not dust resistant, but it is water resistant. Um, of course, you get the improved chipset, uh, which is actually a pretty big upgrade uh, because the original one had only the Snapdragon 855 Plus. So you go from the 855 Plus all the way to the Snapdragon 888. That is a pretty big change. Uh, but what concerns me, however, is the constant battery size. It's still a 3300 mAh battery. I'm not sure if that will handle this new performance and with the bigger cover screen uh, as well as the much higher refresh rate uh, on uh, the inner display so yeah I, I could see charging this phone multiple times in a day but for only a thousand dollars this basically puts foldable smartphones in the mainstream market or as close as possible right now. I mean, I think we all knew that uh, the new uh, the new foldable phones were going to be cheaper. I never expected it to be almost $400 cheaper. Which brings us to the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 3 5G, which has, of course, uh, the two displays. You have the outer and the inner. On the outside, you have a 6.2-inch uh, AMOLED 120Hz display. Uh, on the inside, you have a 7.6-inch uh, AMOLED, again, 120Hz refresh rate. So that uh, means that you get uh, that high refresh rate on both displays. 
again, it's powered by the clock of Snapdragon 888. Uh, you have a 4400 mAh battery with fast charging up to 25 watts. Uh, for storage, uh, you get uh, from 256 gigs to 512 gigabytes of UFS 3.1 storage, 12 uh, gigs of RAM, 3 cameras on the back, a 12 megapixel main camera, a 12 megapixel telephoto camera, and a 12 megapixel ultrawide camera. On the front, the selfie camera on the outside uh, consists of a 10 megapixel lens, and on the inner display, uh, you get a 60 megapixel under display selfie camera. Yes, not only is it one of the world's first water-resistant foldable phones out there, it is, I believe, to be the first ever smart, uh, foldable smartphone to have an under-display selfie camera. It comes in three colors, phantom black, phantom silver, and phantom green, and costs $1,800. Okay, so a lot to digest here. Uh, one, that's under-display selfie camera. I did not expect that. It kind of makes me wish they put that into the Z Flip 3. But I still like the introduction of the under-display camera uh, in the Z Fold 3. Uh, of course, you get uh, the higher refresh rate on the outer display. We've had one on the inner since uh, the Z Fold 2. But it is nice to see uh, that consistency of uh, high refresh rates across all displays. Uh, the battery is, I believe, roughly the same, if not slightly smaller than the Z Fold 2, which I believe had either a 4500 or a 4600 mAh battery. What else? Uh, I really like the new design of the back. Of course, on the front, uh, you get nothing. Since there's an under-display camera, there is no hole punch cutout, except when you actually do want to take a picture from that camera. But other than that, no, it's just slim bezels all the way around, no interruptions. I like that. Uh, on the outside of the phone, uh, the cover display isn't really anything to uh, write home about. It's just a regular display. Of course, you get slim bezels, uh, a small hole punch cutout, that's it. Uh, on the other side, um, you get, um, how can I say this, a long oval cutout, which houses the three cameras on top of each other. And below all of those is the flashlight. And uh, I am a big fan of the colors, really. What's also interesting to uh, talk about is the introduction of S Pen support. Yes, uh, this means that Samsung is at least considering replacing the Note series with uh, the Z Fold 3. And this is basically Samsung just testing the waters, in my opinion. Uh, I, like, I like the inclusion of S Pen support. I think it makes a lot of sense. But, how, uh, however, it is a little bit inconvenient because not only do you have to buy a specific S Pen that uh, supports uh, the Galaxy Z Fold 3, the S Pen Fold Edition, uh, but you have to also set it to Z Fold mode for it to actually work. Anything else would just ruin the display. I mean, it makes sense, okay? Uh, the, the inner display uh, cannot support uh, other uh, S Pens or the screen will be uh, scratched. I understand that. So I think it would make sense uh, to uh, sell a specific uh, version of the S Pen that, support, that does support the Z Fold 3. But for $1800, it will make a lot more sense to include that S Pen into the box. Now that I think about it, I don't believe Samsung confirmed whether or not the cover display supports S Pen 
uh, input or not. That will be interesting to find out, actually. Now, do I recommend uh, the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 3, or even the Z Flip 3 for that matter? Okay, these have different use cases. Uh, the Z Flip 3 is more of, uh, you know, the everyday phone. Uh, when it's unfolded, of course, it is just a regular old phone. It just folds in half. So maybe if you just have small pockets, um, uh, you, you just want a smaller phone, then uh, yeah, it makes sense. It's, uh, it's as expensive as most flagship phones. Uh, so you're not really uh, spending a lot just because of the foldiness of it. And if you are a current uh, Z Flip user, then yeah, it's cheaper. It's much better, uh, at least on paper. And is just an overall better foldable phone. The Z Fold 3 is more of, in my opinion, uh, a productivity phone. Uh, a la the Samsung Note when it was first announced. Uh, it has um, a bigger than average display, it has um, S Pen input support, and since it has that bigger screen, uh, it uh, has access to, uh, uh, to have multi-window support. You know, you could open two, three, four apps at a time, and with uh, the new uh, Snapdragon uh, 88, uh, 888 chipset, I think that will handle it pretty smoothly. Uh, that uh, water resistance certification is still there uh, on the Z Fold 3, uh, and uh, I believe the hinge has also gotten uh, tighter than uh, the Z Fold 2. And with the introduction of uh, Gorilla Glass Victus on both the Z Flip 3 and Fold 3, that makes them one of the most durable uh, foldable phones out there. So, in conclusion, uh, Z, the Z Flip 3, yeah, I would recommend it. It is just as good as any other phone. Uh, you will, however, be sacrificing battery life over the foldiness. The Z Fold 3 is, in my opinion, more for productivity use. But, in my opinion, for $800 more than the Z Flip 3, uh, I think it would be best if Samsung just added the S Pen with it in the box. So, uh, those were the, the Samsung phones. Now, let's talk about uh, the other stuff. Uh, at the beginning of the event, Samsung has unveiled the Samsung Galaxy Watch 4, which, honestly, I was pretty hyped about. It was the first ever smartphone uh, uh, by Samsung to get unveiled after... Uh, the confirmation of uh, Samsung and Google's partnership to improve or um, uh, dig up Wear OS from the grave. I really wanted to see how that really um, partnership would work out and if they would change uh, the name of Wear OS at all. And they did and they didn't. Wear OS does have a new name. It's just called Wear OS powered by Samsung. So, other than the new software, it's pretty much almost exactly the same as uh, the Galaxy Watch 3. Uh, you get two sizes uh, of uh, the smartwatch, uh, a 40mm model and a 44mm model. Uh, of course, uh, you get that virtual rotating bezel, which works uh, at least 20% of the time when I actually want it to. 
I believe the classic version of the Watch 4 does have an actual rotating bezel. I would rather choose that just because of the bezel. Uh, the virtual one, in my opinion, uh, doesn't make sense, really. Uh, both models uh, are IP68 water and dust resistant, so that's good. They're both powered by uh, the Exynos W920 chipset with 1.5 gigs of RAM, which might not be a lot for smartphones or even computers, uh, but is a lot on smartwatches. Uh, you get 16 gigs of storage, uh, so you could actually uh, download and store your music offline. Samsung added uh, a new sensor into the watch that measures or basically maps out your body composition by apparently uh, figuring out your skeletal muscle mass and body fat percentage. So that's interesting to look at. Um, the 40mm model will have a, a 247 million power battery while the 44mm will have a 361 million power battery. In terms of colors, the 40mm model uh, comes in black, gold, and silver, uh, while the 44mm model comes in black, green, and silver. The Samsung Galaxy Watch 4 is available, I believe, for pre-orders uh, right now, and starts at $250. Other than that, Samsung also announced a new pair of wireless headphones, the Samsung Galaxy Buds 2, which is apparently the uh, spiritual successor to the Samsung Galaxy Buds Plus. Uh, there's not uh, anything necessarily interesting about uh, this pair of headphones, it's just Samsung's version of a regular pair of wireless headphones, that's it. Uh, of course, uh, the headphones are powered by uh, EKG's technology. Um, from, uh, from what I heard, it's pretty much what you would expect. Uh, it does the job, uh, but it's not anything to write home about. Uh, it offers uh, um, 360 uh, uh, audio, just like Buds Pro. Uh, battery life, of course, varies in whether or not you turn uh, active noise cancellation on or off. Uh, with active noise cancellation, it's rated at 5 hours. Without it, 7.5. It's uh, IPX2 uh, water resistant, so it can handle sweat. But yeah, just don't swim with it uh, to the beach or something. All of that actually is pretty good considering its cost, $150. Again, it does replace the Galaxy Buds Plus, so that makes sense to price it the same. So yeah, for $150 you get good audio, um, of course you got uh, 360 audio as well, uh, active noise cancellation, and a pretty good battery life. So. With all of that out of the way, let's move over to uh, new GPUs from AMD and NVIDIA. Let's start with the NVIDIA RTX A2000, which from what I understand is the most compact Ampere-based graphics card ever. So, uh, this lines up with the other uh, um, workstation uh, GPUs, the RTX A4000, 5000, 6000. I don't know where 3000 went, but it does make sense that they would skip 3000 since you know there is a whole other lineup of RTX 3000 GPUs without the A, so that would be pretty confusing if we added the RTX A3000. So anyways, enough about that, let's talk about the actual GPU itself. How good is it? Now uh, Nvidia didn't necessarily uh, 
tell us the whole spec sheet, we just uh, get some brief information about it. So well, I'll just use what I have. Um, you get 6 gigabytes of GDDR6 VRAM. Uh, you get four mini display port ports. Uh, you get a max power consumption of uh, 70 watts, which is, mm, I believe, 100 watts less than the 3060s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 3060 is rated at, at the most 170. This one is just 70. Anything else about uh, the GPU you guys should know? It is absolutely tiny. It has a height of 2.7 inches and a length of 6.6 .6 inches. My phone is bigger than that. But seriously, um, of course, with getting smaller GPUs, it's a win and lose situation. Uh, win, you don't need uh, to necessarily buy bigger, uh, uh, a bigger chassis to support it, but lose. Uh, there is a chance that uh, you might get hotter temperatures while using it. But since this uh, doesn't use a lot of electricity, only 70 watts at the most. So yeah, I think you guys are fine if you buy it. It is a good workstation GPU. Don't game on it. It's not meant for gaming. It only uses 70 watts, so what do you expect? But I think this is good for uh, simple uh, productivity use. Uh, PowerPoint presentations might work. It is VR ready, so I think it can handle a bit more than that. Maybe Blender? Yeah, I think Blender might work on it. Uh, pricing isn't necessarily available yet, uh, but yeah, from what I get, uh, I, I think this has to be, uh, at the very least, cheap. So, uh, I would recommend this GPU for anyone who wants to do light productivity uh, on their workstation uh, desktops. But let's see what AMD offers us. Um, AMD has announced the AMD Radeon RX 6600 XT, which has 32 compute units, a base frequency of uh, 1.9 GHz, a boost frequency of up to 2.5 GHz, a game frequency of uh, 2.3 GHz, uh, 32 ray accelerators, 8GB of GDR6 VRAM, uh, 32MB of Infinity Cache, and consumes at the most 160 watts. Now, uh, this is pretty much AMD's, um, how can I say it's budget uh, version of their 6000 lineup. It can do 1080p gaming. It might struggle at 1440p. Don't expect it to run at 4K well, but with its cost being, in my opinion, a bit to the high side, it costs $380. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. But does it really? The RTX 3060, uh, which a lot of people might consider NVIDIA to have uh, better performance, especially with ray tracing, uh, costs almost $50 less than that. In my opinion, AMD has a chance uh, to outsell the 3060 with having cheaper options. Uh, I kind of hoped the 6600 XT would be even cheaper than that, maybe go into only costing $300. But for $380, uh, that's getting to RTX 3060 Ti levels. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have moved on to the tiny topics. Google is simplifying its security key lineup 
uh, with only two versions, both of them uh, of course featuring NFC. Um, one uses uh, USB-A and the other one uses USB-C. Xbox will be rolling out a few updates to their Xbox Insiders Club. Uh, for consoles, you could turn on uh, night mode and you could lower the brightness of uh, the controller uh, light. And on PC, the Xbox app uh, now includes full native uh, xCloud gaming support and uh, the option to stream uh, your Xbox uh, console over to your PC. Google's VPN, which uh, came bundled with uh, one of the Google One uh, packages, is now available outside of the US uh, to Canada, uh, Mexico, the UK, France, Germany, Spain, and Italy. Twitter changed its font. That's it. Spotify's Wear OS app is getting uh, offline playback soon. Uh, YouTube uh, will now let you skip video chapters with a two-finger double tap instead of a one finger that will skip 10 seconds or more, depending on your settings. And with all of that, we finally closed the book of everything that's happened this week. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure to listen to the other episodes of the podcast. Don't be afraid to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to visit checkwithtalk.com slash contact and leave us a question if you have one. As always, this is Yassin Azam signing out. See you next weekend.